Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. Man, we have got a good one today. I am really excited about this one. We've got on a guest who, it's, uh, he's one of those guys who's kind of hard to, uh, to miss if you pay any attention at all um, to the entrepreneurial environment, the business community, to the startup community, to really any of that here in Western North Carolina. Um, Jeff Kaplan from Venture Asheville is here with us today. We're going to talk about all kinds of good stuff. Um, and But before we do, I have a couple quick announcements. Um, I'm not going to go into a big monologue here this morning, but I did want to let everyone know about two things. First one is a celebration. Uh, we finally caught the big white whale, and we are now on iTunes here at the Mindful Marketplace. So um, we're there. We are, of course, on Google Play, on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Um, and obviously, thank you for listening here on Biz Radio US. Um, that really is our, um, you know, our our forefront here is the Biz Radio US platform, but. Um, definitely it helps us out a ton to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we're doing, you know, leave a quick review. I haven't really asked for that here in the first year of this show, but um, I, uh, I really appreciate those of you that do take your time out of your day to listen. And um, if you give us a follow, you give us a review, you give us a, a star rating on there, that just helps us share what we've been talking about here um, with more people. So, Excited about that, um, but I'm even more excited about our second announcement here, and that is to let you know that the Mindful Marketplace, along with Biz Radio US, is starting uh, an event series. So um, just to give you guys a little background on this, because this is going to be the first one coming up here, we're going to be putting on an event called the Community Financial Education Course. Uh, this is going to be a monthly event. I've been at a lot of different um, business um, networking events, business entrepreneurship events, and I've been noticing a little bit of a gap in the amount of support. There's a ton of great support out there, and if you're an entrepreneur, plug into these resources. There's a ton of great resources for things like funding, for things like business coaching, for things like just having a good peer community, and we're going to talk with Jeff about how Venture Asheville really has facilitated so much of that that we already have. Um, but one thing that I was feeling there's a little bit of a gap in is in education and help for not only small businesses, but just in regular you know, families, just middle American households and families for basic financial education on things that they really should have taught us in school. So we're going to cover um, topics like financial literacy, you know, things like taxes, budgeting, um, just kind of the basics of the things that we either forget about or we were never taught. We're also going to talk about um, investing, both um, traditional investing as well as more community and values-based investing. We're going to talk about debt strategies on how to help people get yourself and get others out of debt. Um, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship as a path to financial freedom as well. Um, and so this is going to be a free event. It's going to be held monthly. Um, space is limited, though, so we are requiring registration for it. 
Um, the first one we are looking at um, slightly tentatively, but we're pretty sure we're going to lock in on March 14th. Um, Jeff, actually, we were originally going to do the 15th, but you've got a, a big thing on that day, and we didn't want to. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I <left the> spot. <laughs> no, I didn't check your guys' calendar. Um, so um, we're going to be doing that on March 14th at 6 p.m. to 7:30 p.m. So far, we've got um, myself along with four other presenters, and there's going to be some Q and A panel, which I'm really excited about. But we have on Michael Dietrich Chastain, CEO of Arc Integrated, will be there. Justin Schaefer, who does risk management with Consolidated Capital, will be there. Alex Cardona, host of um, the Golden Key uh, radio show here on Biz Radio and owner of Cardona Business Solutions, will be there. Along with Joel Edelson, who is a debt elimination specialist with Symmetry Financial Group. Mm. So it's going to be a ton of really, really great um, content. Uh, we are doing a virtual version of this, but the the in-person is really where it's at. We're probably going to have some light snacks and a few drinks, and it's going to be a good time. So to register for that event, it's up on the Biz Radio US calendar. You can also go to mindfulmarketplaceshow.com and click on the new events tab to keep up with that and any other events that we start doing here. So let's get into it. As I mentioned before, he's kind of all over the place, but he is um, president uh, or uh, executive director, uh, not exactly sure, actually, of Venture Asheville. He's also a TEDx speaker. You should definitely go check out his TED Talk. I absolutely loved it. He is, um, you know, really helping grow this one of the fastest growing tech hubs in the country here in Asheville. And so, yeah, let's get into it. Thanks for joining me here, Jeff, today. I appreciate oh, it. Man, thank you so much for having me. And before we get in, can I, can, can I say that event series is great and so needed? It's like the number one barrier I think we see in the entrepreneurs in town. Our number one re reason for sending folks like away from participation in our program is um, just having like your books in order and knowing what's important, what you should be watching out for. I don't want to call it financial literacy. I think uh, that, that, that's kind of become a broad topic, but um, knowing what to look for in your books, because those are the questions, you know, it comes down to the brass tacks every time, right? Like, hey, balance sheets, look at your cash flow statements. I mean, that is... Um, so needed in our area and there's not a lot of education for that so i'm glad to hear that's where you guys are going that, that that's fantastic yeah i'm i'm excited we should talk off air about how we can possibly you know help each other out and partner yeah, sure. on those um but uh yeah I, I feel the same way when i first started a business i had no idea how to do any mm -hmm. of this stuff i needed someone just to show me how to draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper write profit on one <laughs> yeah. side and loss on the other you know um so yeah i uh, i'm excited that we get to you know facilitate that. I'm not an expert in some of these things, but I'm going to try to bring in the experts. Um, mm -hmm. We're still trying to get a CPA for this one, but apparently this is a hard time of year to get CPAs. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, uh, but we're working on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, Jeff, I wanted to to first ask you. I, I got a bunch of questions, but I did <clears> want to um, just let you introduce yourself a little bit to sure. our listening audience about kind of where you come from and how you got to you know where you are here today in Asheville, running Venture Asheville. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Joel. And thanks again for having me. I'm honored to be on the show with you and always enjoy hanging out and talking with you. So I'm originally from Miami, Florida. I'm a double gator. I'm a, that means I'm a, I have two degrees from the University of Florida, um, a master's in entrepreneurship. And during my master's program, I started teaching and being a head TA and doing our events and our special programs and our educators conference, our disabled veterans program, our women's entrepreneurship summit. We launched a student incubator. We launched a business plan competition. And I so enjoyed being on people's journeys and helping them live into their full potential through entrepreneurship that 
like, I love the starting business side of it. I love running my own businesses. I love pitching. I love putting that stuff together. But what's really rewarding for me is the entrepreneur development, the pedagogy, the instruction. Like, I love doing that. Um, and it was so much fun doing it at on campus. And I always want to get back to that kind of work, but I really wanted, I knew I needed, like, legitimate startup chops before doing mm-hmm. it in a professional sense. So after grad school, I worked for a few startups. I launched a startup of my own. Um bounced around from Charlotte to Durham to St. Pete, and then we moved here in 2016 here in Asheville, and I worked with John Jones over at Anthroware doing product development, consulting, some sales, and I really, really enjoyed um, that venture specifically because we were working with entrepreneurs developing their software products, and it was just a blast, and John runs a great team over there. Um, And I tell folks I could move to Asheville because Venture Asheville existed, because mm-hmm. I knew coming from my startup entrepreneurship and tech background that there was institutional support in this community for startups to thrive. That it wasn't just kind of, you know, that institutional support means that, you know, people come and go, people move in, people move out, people get busy, have jobs and kids, and, you know, things happen. But when there's an institution like the city and county back in the Economic Development Coalition to spin up this um, initiative, it wasn't going anywhere. So I knew that if I moved here, I would have support to start a business or work for startups that were getting the proper support to be successful. Um, I became friendly. First guy I met in town, you know, that was my predecessor, Josh Dorfman. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Josh, who's now at Planted. They just raised like $13 million in a Series A. Good for Josh. And um, the first guy I met, helped me get plugged in and get connected. And then a couple of years later, he was moving on to go to be CEO of the Collider. And I'd still been volunteering and doing this kind of entrepreneur development, ecosystem, capacity building, you know, event kind of side as a volunteer. And when the position opened, I applied for it. And um, it's, it's been wonderful. I've been in here for four and a half years. And I've loved, loved every minute of it. It's been a blast working at Venture Asheville. Yeah, and I can tell, uh, you know, I can just tell that not only are you good at it, but that you enjoy what you do. And I mm-hmm. think that, that those those two things feed into each other, um, quite honestly. And I, I, I love seeing, you're just a great presence to have it. Thanks. Any event um, that, that happens here in town. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, one of the things that I feel like you said, um, I don't remember if it was on one of your LinkedIn posts or even in your TED Talk, but you said, in Asheville, economic development has a different mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and it was all startup people, and they were just ragging on like site selection and classic economic development, which they call buffalo hunting, right? Where you want to land a real big factory in your town because of factory jobs and yada yada yada, you know. Um, the institutional investment, the construction investment, the infrastructure, the long-term jobs, etc. And that's good. Um, and that is a strategy of the Economic Development Coalition here. There's five strategies. It's just one of them, right? Venture Asheville is also one of the strategies of economic development in our town. So it's workforce development, research, and business retention and expansion. Um, that, that's what makes up the 5 by 5 campaign, which funds the Economic Development Coalition. So when you look at, I like, remember and was, anyway, at this conference, we're on this topic, and this guy is just, busting my chops saying site selection is just a race to the bottom. It's communities throwing whatever resources and money they have to try to attract one of these companies. And some places, and we love to pick on Alabama, Alabama is known for like Mm -hmm. just over the top gestures and unbelievable financing to recruit projects to Alabama. Um, But, you know, they end up getting like taxed later. So they end up making it back on the back end. The, the issue with like you feel like, um, 
which is, you know, a company's going to come to town and, you know, just supposed to be like a savior. Um, it's not always how it happens. I guess what I'm trying to say is the article that you're talking about in, in my LinkedIn post, and it's public, and we can see it, and it was written by Tom Rue from NC Idea. Um, he was comparing the return on the investment for a site selection investment with incentives compared to, he's trying to say, if you put all that money into startups to kind of mm-hmm. incredible job growth and impact you have. And I think, you know, he, he's right. But holistically, why economic development has a different vibe in Asheville is, so the point in Tom's article is you can't go to the new, let's pick on VinFast factory outside the research triangle, which is making um, electric vehicles. It's a Vietnamese company. You can't go to their boardroom and rent it out for your daughter's birthday party. And so I was thinking about that, like, huh, I wonder if I could rent out Pratt and Whitney for my son's bar mitzvah. You know, like that would be, and I was thinking like, maybe not Pratt Whitney, but actually at New Belgium Brewing, they built community venues and community support. Like part of the New Belgium project was the brew house. And I could rent that out for an event. Any, any private citizen or group can. If you're a nonprofit, they give you a really, really sweet deal on that space too. I could rent out the patio. Um, I can use, right? So even though some public investment went into that site selection project, you know, New Belgium paved the greenway. Like they've invested so much in community resources. And we see that with Pratt Whitney, right? So it's not just that it's 800 jobs at was it over $60,000 average salary. It's that Pratt Whitney is also building a campus for AB Tech. And by Pratt Whitney coming here, 100 counties, every county in North Carolina is contributing to building a new exit on the highway that's going to connect through that site over to by Bank Creek on that bridge. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, if we have inf- infrastructure needs, typically just Buncombe has to pay for, you know, Buncombe County's infrastructure in a situation like this, right? Like we're actually getting a lot of community benefit from the projects we're able to attract. Um, and it helps us be competitive. And it's part of the talking talking points when projects are under discussion. There is an absolute expectation that it's not just you're plopping your factory down here and providing jobs to our community. So we're gonna, you know, give away whatever we can to get you here. It's is a real give and get, uh, and community tends to be the key differentiator in our recruitment, economic development projects. It's also core to like what we do at Venture Asheville. We talked about that in your opening comments. A community and and giving back to the community is just part of the zeitgeist and culture here much more than you see in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that really falls in line. You know, I when I started this show, a big part of it was to highlight the people who are doing the work that I think lines up with this kind of core value we have, which is that your dollar is really your vote. You know, mm-hmm. like where mm-hmm. you spend your money yeah. and where you invest your money creates the kind of future that you either want to see or that you don't want to see. And if that's true on an individual level, why is it not true on a community level? Mm -hmm. And it seems like, you know, having that emphasis on businesses that are either, um, that are committed, you know, truly to, to making their home in the place that you live. Cause you're right. If a city or a County gives, you know, attracts some big corporation for a while because they give them some tax break, well, what happens when someone else gives them a better tax break? Right. They're probably right. going to take off and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's, you know, there's a moral aspect to it, but even it's, it's just really good strategic thinking to think, okay, we want to invest in the people who are actually rooted here, who are going to be here for the long haul, mm-hmm. because that just opens up all kinds of better, 
relationships, better situations. You know, those type of companies typically treat their employees better. They treat the environment better. And so putting that primary focus on investing into homegrown companies, I guess we could say. Mm -hmm. um, That's how we talk about Weedy, right? We're building the next generation of homegrown companies. Exactly right. The homegrown is exactly right. You you also uh, put up a stat recently about how Asheville is the seventh fastest growing <laughs> yeah. tech hub in the country. That's um, great to see. Yeah, yeah, that is really exciting to see. I guess is do you attribute it primarily to that focus, um, or what else? What else is involved in that? Yeah, it's, so that stat was derived by LinkedIn. It wasn't like. Um, you know, some listicle or anything like that. Like LinkedIn looked at markets with the largest change in tech job growth from 2019 pre-pandemic to when that came out, which was mid late last year, I guess in 2022. Mm -hmm. And um, according to that percent in job change, uh, yeah, Asheville was ranked seventh fastest growing tech hub in the nation. So there's a number of factors that contribute to that tech job holder change. I think the biggest one is in-migration, that people are attracted to our community for a number of reasons, right? The natural beauty, the amenities, the outdoors, the food and bev scene, the incredible leisure and hospitality amenities we have access to. Um, The standard of living here is very high. And um, I find that everybody here who I've met It's like, yeah, I'm a developer, I'm a designer, I'm an engineer. But the next thing to say after that is, and I also, you know, I'm an ultra runner or I'm a hiker or I used to kayak professionally or, you know, everyone's got, I'm an artist. I also, I'm really passionate about my, my, you know, ceramic studio. Everyone has some really cool additional passion in their lives that makes them a really well-rounded human being. And that's a lot of what drives draws people into Asheville. It's like, yeah, you can do any tech job remotely, right? You can do any career and make any uh, salary you want, but people are drawn here for community, for resources, for outdoors and nature. Um, And that is a differentiator, right? Again, in in our in-migration from people who go to Atlanta or Charlotte Mm -hmm. or even um, Baltimore, Roanoke, Boulder is really similar too, but bigger, right? So we know people who are coming here from Boulder saying Boulder's getting too crazy, too expensive. Asheville is more manageable and even cheaper compared to you know places like Boulder. And so it's attracting just an unbelievable population of folks. The Digital Nomads group has really grown in that time also. They've got over 1,200 mm-hmm. members. So as soon as you land, uh, you know, you've got a community waiting for you. So then, yeah, it keeps going back to the sense of community, the the purpose you get with community, and um, how welcoming our 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 ecosystem is. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your side hobby? What what what's your thing around mm. here that you that you love? Yeah, pre kids was kayaking. Uh, uh-huh. Would kayak as much as possible. Uh, Post kids, it's my Mazda Miata and and getting a chance <laughs> to to drive around. Uh, th- this is a mecca for for roadster enthusiasts and people oh, who yeah. like cars, man. It's amazing roads out here, and it became a hobby because I needed less time to do it, <laughs> and I can do I, I can tinker on the car at night and drive it the next day, you know, to and from work and and, and on the weekends occasionally. Um, but kayaking before that, I just couldn't get my little kids in kayaks. So they're almost at the age where they'll ride, where they'll, where they'll float with me. Yeah, um, but tr- nothing was better like working at Antiware. I'd show up to work with a kayak in the back of my truck, and like after work, go to the river, 
paddle upstream for an hour as long as he could and float down with a beer and then, you know, chill out in the river and go home. It was just the best. It's, it's, I mean, that, that's what working in Asheville is like. And um, you can't do that other places. You really can't. Do you think that's, um, cause I feel like in, in some regards, I feel like that's, that's very, very much, um, could be a positive influence on the growth mm-hmm, of business mm-hmm. because like you said, we're kind of sustaining long-term at the same time though, I imagine it's difficult to balance where, you know, if, if you came here for the lifestyle and you're mm-hmm. trying to start a big, you know, you're, you're trying to really, really give a new startup your all, but man, it really is nice to go mountain biking at three. Yeah, Joel, yeah, so. I love, I love, I love this question and it's been a criticism that I don't hear anymore. Like, so is I'm that an here. asset or is so, that, does that, does that take away from the, the growth of the business? You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll kind say, of ways about it. I'll say post pandemic, it's an asset pre pandemic. It was a risk. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, six years ago, I moved here almost seven years ago and people would say things like I'm an investor and I want to invest in this company. And I talked to the founder and I say, Hey, we got to meet Friday at four o'clock. We got to get this thing done before the weekend. And they'll say something like, Hey, you know, actually I'm getting off early Friday. I got to go mountain bike or meeting my group. Um, so at that time, the vibe in the, some of the, with some of the, not all, but some of the investors were like, you know what, the hustle culture, it's not here that, that, you know, that push, that determination, like, it's not here throughout the pandemic. The values have shifted to want founders who do value work-life balance, um, and more appreciation for flex time. So I think the second part of that sentence is, yeah, I can't work Friday afternoon cause I'm going mountain biking with my team. But Saturday morning, I'll be back on the clock, right? Like, yeah. So we're seeing a lot more of that. Just culturally understanding flex time is possible if you're a results-driven organization or results-driven business. You can do that. Um, I think that's a big shift. Is that? And what I hope to see is that Asheville is known as a place where we develop the founders with the best balance that aren't mm-hmm. killing themselves, that aren't being really burnt out. Uh, we don't we don't have enough people here to be churning through talent like the Bay Area where there's a thousand people with a similar idea. So if one fails, go to the next one. We got to be a bit more protective of our founders by doing things like teaching them how to be resilient, teaching them work-life balance, showing them productive ways to grow sustainable businesses. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on because at the end of the day, like if business doesn't serve the needs of human beings – when human beings only serve the needs of business, like mm-hmm. what good is it? Right. Um, and you know, you can have tons of money in the bank account, but if you don't, if you don't on some level make the time to do the things with your family and with the other people you care about and do the things that you love, what good is that giant number on a, on a bank screen? You know, Man, I, um, I think life's too short. It's just yeah, too short exactly. to kill yourself at your desk. Well, we're going to get into that. on the shortness of life and some oh, yeah. <laughs> other, uh, deep, deep dive right. philosophical concepts in part two. This is going to be a two-parter. Um, we got a lot a more to segue, talk about. Joel. You are a pro, oh, man. Unbelievable. Man, I'm a, it, well, thanks for uh, for softballing that one up for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so, uh, so please join us next week at 11 a.m. Tuesday morning um, on Biz Radio US. You can also listen to this episode as well as tons of the other great shows on BizRadio.us or MindfulMarketplaceShow.com. Thanks for joining us here today. And as always, take care of yourself and take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit BizRadio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.